we are live. Holy smoke, that went quick. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Holy Crap, the vlogcast. Vlogcast comes from a skeptical point of view to answer some of the questions of why. This vlogcast started as a combination of spite and the Streisand effect because I wanted to bitch slap some people about stuff that they didn't know enough about, that they didn't know that they didn't know enough about. Because shooting fish in a barrel is all kinds of fun. Part of this is to follow through with the old adage, sometimes a journey is more important than the destination. I'm your main host. I'm known as Shujin Tribble, pretty much all over the place. S-H-U-J-I-N. You can find me pretty much everywhere under that name. Uh, let me show you the short lineup for today, which would make um, Phil Rizzuto so happy right about now. We miss you, Phil. No, not, not that much. Top left-hand corner of North America, outside of Calgary, inside of Calgary, around Calgary, you are in Calgary. I don't care where the hell you are. <laughs> Good evening, Dallin. It's all a matter of perspective. Uh, given where I live, a lot of people say I live outside of Calgary. Uh, but I am still within the city limits. Only because they had to move the sign. <laughs> Fair enough. And significantly outside of Calgary. From uh, down here in the flat Midwest of the U.S. Good evening, Bridget. Good evening. I have no idea where the rest of the guys are at the moment. Uh, well, no, that's not entirely true. By the way, yes, for those of you that didn't know, I'm outside of Buffalo. I'm also outside of a Buffalo, which is good. Groucho Marx would love that joke. Yes, outside of Buffalo, New York, because I never actually announced that, come to think of it. It's funny enough how that works. So some people get that joke. You're welcome, old timers. Uh, so let me really quickly on what I do know about for the rest of the lineup. Unrenowned Tech is not feeling real good, so he decided that now's not a good time. Fine. Heretic Woman let me know that she feels like she's gargling sandpaper. I'm assuming sand Yeah, concrete. Okay. I, yeah. I, yeah, that's what she said. I was significantly hoping that's what it was as opposed to it's a pet name for somebody, so whatever. And um, <laughs> as far as the rest of the guys are concerned, I don't know. Uh, so, you know, Joey may show up. Joseph may show up. I don't know. We will see. But uh, it, it will be whatever. Over in the live chat, which, by the way, hi, guys. Yeah, we got started almost on time. Stephanie, I did uh, I did see your vote over there. Thank you. Um, Sora, Felis, guys, hi. Nice to have you over there. And, of course, if you are watching with us live at any time, please feel free to chime in on the live chat feature, which is on the screen, I don't care where it is for you. It's on the screen for you somewhere. I, I don't care. Uh, quick pieces of uh, quick pieces of news for you guys. Uh, item number one, I did go ahead and post up uh, a picture. And I did say what tonight's choices <clears throat> of beers are. And I will tell you, without giving it away so far. Yeah, half of the beers are already gone. So some people get that joke. Some of you are going, no, don't do that. Sorry. Some people have been watching the movies recently. But because of a suggestion, we're going with the German... Um, Jesus, I got to remember how to pronounce it. Weichensteffner. Close enough. Weichensteffner. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough... Uh, I'm mostly Italian, so you know German. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a drawn and quartered joke about speaking German for an Italian. So I don't know. At least my German is speaking on time. Again, P 
people who know history are probably going to have a good smile at that. No, probably not. I don't know. Old timer or Alzheimer? Thanks, Felis. Thank you ever so much. Would you like to introduce yourself to the rest of the crew as pot or kettle? <laughs> You're welcome. You know, I remember a bit that uh, Richard Pryor did years ago. It would have uh, to have been. Uh, yes, I know. I know. Um, but the, the way he spoke, like his, his accent, if you will, uh, he was able to come up with a joke called, uh, sometimes disease. Uh, because the way he said Alzheimer's, it sounded like Alzheimer's. So he was actually able to make a distinction between the two. I wish I could remember what the joke was, but as far as I know, he's the only person I knew that could pull it off. Okay. It says something about accents. Yes. True enough. I actually miss him. Hey, uh, yeah. Chujin. Yeah. Let me guess. It smells like beer. Actually, yeah. But now, to to be fair, a number of the beers that I've uh, that I've been sampling over the weeks, and wow, it's hard for me to realize that it's been six, twelve, fifteen, fifteen beers so far. Wow, it's okay. Um, Gee, that used to be a Saturday night for me. <laughs> but uh every once in a while there is one that does not out of the gate smell like it's beer so take that for what it's worth uh for instance we were talking about the um uh the what was the pineapple yeah. pineapple beer you asked me about that yeah it it started off smelling of pineapple this one right off the bat smells beer now that may or may not necessarily translate to tasting like you know beer for me so we will I, I guess i guess we will get to see oh and uh trippin is over there hi you're late <laughs> nice going whatever but um first sample okay first sample uh is beer mm. <laughs> which no i see I, I say that but the problem of it is I, I say that because I don't have any real differentiation between various beers that I can remember. Yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Like I, I do enjoy one, one of the, one of the things I love doing when I travel is finding like a local craft beer to try to say that I've tried it. Um, now I should be keeping track on untapped a little bit more, but that being said, um, yeah, more often than not for me, a beer tastes like beer. Like, I'm, I'm not going to say, oh, it has subtle notes of maple or oak or some crap like that. I'm not going to give you that. But sometimes, actually, the way I look at it is bitterness. And that's why I kind of, that's why I took a huge step away from IPAs because I was actually getting a little bit tired of the fist in your face bitterness that they are known for. Look, hmm. we're bear drinkers. We're not snobs. We don't have wine tasting where we go, oh, mm, smells a bit like macadamia nuts. What kind of grape is a macadamia nut? No, that's not the way we do. Beer <laughs> is beer, unless it's not beer. I'm yeah. Sorry, oh, 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 no, no. Okay. Corona is dead skunk. I'm sorry. I have not, north of, Mex of the Mexico border, I have not had a Corona that didn't taste skunky. In other words, having gone bad. Now, a lot of people say, oh, that's the charm of Corona. Bull. Okay. Well, I've liquor real, sucks too. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, no, I've, I've had other kinds of Corona uh, while I was in Mexico. 
And trust me, they've got versions of that beer down there that are 10 to 50 times better than the garbage they send up here. Um, but, but, but Joe, um, I'm hoping you'll agree with me when I say this, there's beer and then there's Guinness that that's on a whole nother level. But would you say that? I do enjoy my bottled bread. Good. <laughs> at least on that, we can agree. And then, of course, there's the uh, forceps stout at uh, the church. Mm. Yeah, mm. I'm going to have to see about that. And since I don't really do beer or wine, uh, I'm more of a, like, I, I like good tequila. When you can remember it after the I, what, do you, what do you want? I, I think I just fell in love with you all over again, Brad. Oh, I like Don Julio. Okay. That's, that's my favorite, the silver label. I'm sorry. What do you want? Tequila. What? Tequila. Yeah. Why? It makes me happy. So since uh, the folks over in the live chat are making reference to it already. Yes. Joey. Good morning. Thank you for joining. Yes, my apologies. My apologies for being late, but I spent most of today trying to get some very specific technical specs translated from Japanese to English, and I'm telling you that is a lot more difficult than it sounds. Mm-hmm. I can believe that. And somehow the term "digital waifu" just popped into my head. It's not later. quite. I was going to say not my mind quite. went somewhere else completely. I realize that. Yeah, well, later, later. And also popped in, although did not introduce himself yet because they were being very nice. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, sir. Glad you're here. I do. Uh, actually, uh, uh, actually, right now, you, mm, I, I dinged my sciatic nerve again earlier this week. So mm. it's been off again, on again with my being able to sit long enough. Uh, so it's... Uh, it's it's been one of those things, Dallin. Yes, sir. A don't call a me thing sir. or two about the sciatic nerve. Hmm. <laughs> a don't call me sir, and B, your shitty Japanese wife who has does not have guns like these. <clears throat> Given what I've seen of uh, certain video games involving um, anime girls with guns, I, I I can understand what you're saying about that. <laughs> Yeah, the animes of uh, girls who are actually battleships. Uh, I don't think I'd want her to have a gun. Blue Blue Arpeggio. Yes, love that one. God damn it. Really, Joey? I'm sorry. Um, uh, Joseph, I I was talking with a buddy of mine, or a guy I work with. Uh, He's he's on his way out uh, on, what was it? Yeah, he's on his way out yesterday. And everybody's saying, have a good vacation. I says, oh, where are you going? He says, yeah, I'm going to Paris for a couple of weeks. I'm like, I'm jealous as hell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Paris, Ontario. Uh, no, he's coming to your neck of the woods. All right. It, it, it's okay. I, I'm not going to ask you to, to look out for him or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's going to be very well taken care of. I have no doubt. Yeah. Look this, at the bright side. The city seems to be dedicated to that, anyways. So, always somebody on every corner willing to take care of you for. Oh my! <laughs> for a buck or two. <laughs> well, really quickly, uh, speaking about that, uh, next weekend, Little One is going down to New York City for a school trip. We'll be performing in Central Park. Good on them. Nice. Uh, that's going to be great. Uh, had asked me. We're on Sixth Avenue in, in Manhattan. Should we go for lunch? Uh, I don't 
no, anywhere that looks like it shouldn't be open, go with that. And I did tell him on as as we were going to do uh, a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, food shopping on the way home. You will probably see somebody with a table and three playing cards. Don't play three card Monty. What's that? Oh crap! I got to learn to you about this. So yeah, we gotta we gotta have a long discussion about that one. Yeah. So there's gonna be that. Um, additionally. Next week, I will not be running the show because I will be in the middle of a 36-hour radio stream marathon. Either Dallin or Heretic Woman will be running the show if we have a show. It's not set in stone just yet. We will give you guys a little bit more information on Twitter and Facebook to let you know if and or if not. Uh, I, of course, would be hoping that, yes, we would because I'd like to think that the show will continue on without me, you know, when I'm dead and we'll kind of, you know, run it from there and, and see what happens. So anyway, um, so we will, uh, we'll see how that plays out. And the reason why I wanted to tell you guys that is because my opening has everything to do with that. So we have five minutes on the clock. Your five minute freestyle starts right now. It's labeled revenge. Revenge is a dish best served cold, which sounds better in Klingon, but I can't for the life of me pronounce it. Although I've tried a couple of times, whatever. Revenge is also uh, the name of a warship from the old, you know, pirates of Penzance type era. But in this case, revenge is one of the things that drives me. Damn you. And it's really, really hard for me to explain just how much so. This month starting up, well, actually, I should say this week coming up, will mark 13 years since we lost my wife to a rare form of cancer. It's called angiosarcoma. The joke, if you will, about it, when we finally got the description from the guys at Roswell Park Cancer Institute here in Buffalo, is that for them, and remember, the name of it is the Roswell Park, which was the name of the first real doctor for the place, Roswell Park Cancer Institute, a group that deals with cancer, was that for them, it was one in a million. And my wife had the 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 sense of mind to be able to say, look, if I'm going to have something, I want something different and unique. I want to be special. Sense of humor. Sometimes that's what she got to work with. 13 years ago, she lost her battle after two and a half years. At the time when we got the diagnosis, the survival rate at that point, five years, was 20%. 20% of people with that diagnosis would still be alive after five years. That's sobering, to put it mildly. Those numbers are far and away better these days. It's been over a decade. I don't have the numbers, unfortunately. I did not go looking them up because I have had an exceedingly difficult time this year dealing with it 
because we were married for 12 years when she left. This year sets us the longest that we were together and now gone. We, when we got together back in college, we didn't spend more than four months apart. Even if it was just for, you know, a short weekend when I would drive from Long Island up to SUNY Fredonia, eight hour drive, and then come back in a weekend because, you know, crazy love. We were married for 12, and this is now going to be 13 years since. And every once in a while, I do make reference. I still wear her ring every day. It does not come off. It has not left me. For me, I want revenge. Yes, I want to be able to say that it's for a good cause, that it's for, you know, that I, I want others to have it better because I promised her literally as she was leaving we will beat this for someone else my word yes I want to do for others I want families to not have to deal with this I don't want single fathers to have to raise their kids alone But even with all of that, I want revenge. I want this done away with. I want it to never be a dark mark on someone's towels. I want this beast gone. I don't think I will ever see that because of the way the cancer works. But you bet your ass. Next weekend, raising money for Roswell Park. Yeah. I will do my little part. This is episode 212 on the docket, Your Honor. And yes, I did double check to make sure that I had the numbering right again. Stop doing that. Now, look, last week, we kind of got on to talking about how, you know, Groups are doing weird stuff and really shouldn't be in the name of uh, in the name of religion. But fortunately, we have a story that made me very, very happy. That also raised questions for me, where one of the states here in the U.S. had gone ahead and signed off on legislation that basically said, yeah, gay conversion therapy. Yeah, you're not allowed to do that. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's now illegal and good on you guys for doing that. But I wanted to talk a little bit more about that in a little bit broader terms, because what people are supposed to be able to get away with doing, if you will, medically should be based on medical science. 
but we know full well that religion muddies the water massively as far as to who's supposed to get away with doing what and what they can even talk about. We're going to get into a lot of things. So, Bridget, fair warning, you know full well, whenever there's stuff that's medical coming up, I'm going to be coming over to you for a lot of stuff. But, Joey, trust me, I'm going to be hitting you early for a particular mm-hmm. item. And don't worry, you're going to understand it very easily. And um, please forgive me for um, kind of cleaning myself up after that opening, because, um, yeah, you know, I try to tell you guys that I try to be really uh, a pro, but sometimes stuff is just way too personal. Um, You made it through it. That says something. Yeah. um, And as as an aside, by the way, only because I can get away with... uh, mentioning it and i need to i need to stand up for a couple of seconds anyway ow the only ink i've ever gotten was this on my arm which actually says shujin i've had questions from uh, people who read chinese because based on chinese who have said um well that says man Yes, admittedly, in Chinese it does. In Japanese, it's husband. That is what my wife used to call me. And I have never... I've never swayed from being that. I will forever be her husband. Speaking of of a sort, unfortunately at the moment I don't have a heretic woman here. And I don't have any new information for you guys on Rafe Badawi other than um, there is still a, a little bit more push for him to become an honorary citizen of Ontario. Yeah. Uh, or possibly Quebec, since that's yeah. where um, where Ansef is living. Uh, if I can interject for just a moment. Um, last weekend, I wasn't here because I was attending the Alberta secular conference, uh, here in Calgary, uh, which is an heretic woman was up here as well. Hence her absence as, uh, as well. I think we were busy getting drunk in a lounge, uh, when the show was on. So anyways, um, the last speaker of the whole conference was Ali Rizvi, who is a good friend. Actually, I don't want to say he's his best friend, but he is a friend of uh, Rife Badawi. And he even talked about him. And I, crazily enough, I poked my paw up and I said, uh, have you heard anything? Because what I wanted to do is I wanted to give, um, I, well, I wanted to be able to give some kind of report this weekend to say if there was something going on. Now, what Ali told me, it sounded like there is something going on, but he wasn't at liberty to say, and I think he was going to hook up with me afterwards to talk about it, but, uh, well, life kind of got in the way. (laughs) We all got kind of busy. But it sounds like there might be something else going on that can't quite go public yet. Um, The way he said it, he sounded positive about it. Um, I, I wish there was more I could say, uh, suffice to say for our listeners, 
maybe there's a little more hope coming. But, you know, don't quote me on that. All I'm saying is that uh, it, it sounds like there's something going on. Always something in the wings. That's 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 good. At least I'm hoping that's going to be good. But uh, yeah. we will we will see what happens. Um, I did double check my numbers, by the way, as far as to the the amount of time that uh, Rafe has been incarcerated. And it turns out that I've been doing it by hand recently. Well, for several several weeks now, and it just like I said, I just double checked my numbers. I was only off by one day, so. As for the recording of tonight's show, it is now five years, 11 months, two days since Rafe Badawi was unjustly incarcerated for thought crime. Our hopes and our thoughts are still with you and your family. Actually, there, there was one other thing. Um, Good. The crown prince, the, the one that's been making quite a few waves in Saudi Arabia right now. Are you guys all sitting down? I am now good. I'm sitting <laughs> a lot of the reforms that he's putting together right now, the, the things that he's implementing are the same things Rife called for those prior to his arrest. The Prince is doing what a man is sitting in prison for suggesting Let that sink in for a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. That says either um, massive hypocrisy or changes. Changes. I'm hoping. I'm hoping the latter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But because he's only the crown prince and not the king, he maybe does not have the authority to uh, to release Rafe on his own. Um, and besides which, even if he is making the very same changes that Rife called for, if he's released, there's probably a certain section of the Saudi Arabian public that will go ape shit. Let's just put it that way. It's yeah. not about the nature of the crime that he's imprisoned. It's for the fact that he usurps authority and well, you know, if the authority changes their mind, um, doesn't really matter. It's just the fact that he went against authority. Yeah. Um, and that's one of those sad, but true facts of, um, <laughs> figures in authority. It, it's fine if it's their idea, but if it's somebody else's idea, it's treason. Yeah. Even though that and put it all together, it doesn't make any sense, but Hey, it doesn't matter. It's humanity. Nothing makes You're sense. You're not supposed to think about it. Precisely. You're not supposed to know that. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Bridget. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what I was going to say is I ran across an interesting news story about uh, Saudi Arabia within the last couple of days. In June, women are going to be given the right to drive. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure uh, which day in June. But in the meantime, they're still arresting women for driving and trying to do that while they still can. So there's been an increase in arrests of women before that June deadline. That's that last gasp reaction. Yes. You know, it's like you get as much as you can because tomorrow it's going to be gone. Mm -hmm. 
Yep. We've uh, we we've heard of that. We've seen that, and um, we're seeing it. Yeah. Wait a, wait a second. They're they're overturning the woman allowed to drive rule. Yes. Uh, they're overturning in June, it. Starting in June, women will be allowed to drive. Oh, wait a second. Okay, I thought I understood yeah. that uh, they they won't be allowed to drive anymore. No, they will be. Okay, so who's being desperate? The people who are still trying to arrest women before June for driving, breaking uh, the law. Yeah, that's just pathetic. They're, mm-hmm. they're just trying to fulfill their programming. Right. Yep. One last uh, one last opportunity to say, yes, we're going to go ahead and we're going to punish you to the fullest extent of the law while we still can because we can. Be able to do, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because we can't admit that they were wrong, or no, they well, this is how they said it was, so this is what I have to do. Yeah, so we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, by the way, I don't know that I had uh, mentioned it, but uh, TDTF, I did see you over there, and Trippin also over in the live. And guys, thank you very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> so let's go ahead and just really quickly cover the the piece that's on everybody's mind um what the hell is gay conversion therapy yes i know i'm ripping off somebody else whatever the hell so you know who yeah it could be worse i was gonna say you you could have said something like gay conversion therapy how bullshit is it yeah i i i could have but there's only so many times you can dodge that legal bullet yeah love you noah (laughs) yeah Yeah. so bridget yeah real quickly go ahead gay conversion therapy is a method to supposedly get gay people to go straight through um associating being gay with something really horrible um it can involve torture um shocking you know, painful occurrence, hideous images trying to um, break the person from being gay. If memory serves, I believe the term for it is uh, negative reinforcement therapy, eh? Yes. And our wonderful VP, uh, who used to be governor of Indiana, was a huge proponent of this. And he still is. Yep, Mike Pence. Yep. If memory serves, didn't he didn't he sign it into some kind of legislation or something like that? Uh, yes, he did. Um, it is in the process of being overturned. Probably a lot of the decisions he made for Indiana are being overturned. You know, one at a time. Yep. But as of right now, there are only eleven states who outlaw conversion therapy. Yep, and for those of you that are keeping score, those states are. The one that we're talking about in particular that caught my attention was Maryland. And thank you, Governor. Thank you very much. The other states currently are Connecticut, California, Nevada, New Jersey, District of Columbia, Oregon, Illinois. Sorry, Illinois. (laughs) Illinois. Illinois. There's a reason I'm doing that. Vermont, New York. New Mexico, Rhode Island, and Washington State. Congratulations on all of you guys. And yes, I'm saying Illinois because I'm looking to piss off some people. 
because they'll never show up on the show because we're on way too late for them. So, you know, piss off, guys. I've asked just, several times. Yeah, just an aside. You know that I was born in Chicago, right? Yeah, I, I know that, but I, I'm specifically thinking of a couple of other guys. Don't worry. But as an aside, all of those states that you just named, how many of those are quote-unquote blue states and quote-unquote red states? That's just well, something to think about. Uh, the, the one thing I find interesting, though, is that you mentioned District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. That's got to be tweaking Mikey something fierce because he's kind of working in that state now, right now, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but seeing it uh, being, you know, uh, banned in certain states is probably also wigging him out a little bit. Yeah, but but you know what? Eleven is it's there's still thirty. There, there's still thirty nine too many. Mm-hmm. I mean, th- this is basically this is pseudoscience. Okay, right. Th- this is. <laughs> Uh, no, marriage, marriage equality started out the same way too. Started with one state. Yeah, no, and that's fine. But I'm just saying, this is. I mean, this is psychological like deprogramming. I've heard mm-hmm. of. <clears throat> I mean, you see all the old spy movies where, you know, the Manchurian Candidate, for instance, or something like that, where the person is basically programmed to be a certain person. But mm-hmm. then deep down, they have that sort of little bit of subliminal or whatever. I mean, it, that, that stuff only works in movies. You know, mm-hmm. and, and when medical associations say, you know what, this stuff doesn't work. Well, I believe it works because God. Well, well you're a freaking moron. Now, and if Pence ever became POTUS, he would be all for making that a federal law that it must <laughs> be allowed. He yeah, you would know, try if, to do that. If, if Pence ever became POTUS, um, well, could. A, a sta- no, I know, but a statement I made a few months ago on this show would probably uh, incite some people to do something about it because I, I, I've heard it said they people fear Pence more than they fear Trump because Trump mm-hmm. is a showboater. I mean, yes, he's drummed up a lot of rage. Mm-hmm. He's He's allowed a lot of the stuff that's been repressed over the years to come to the surface in terms of sociopolitical sentiment. But for, for all the damage he's been alleged to have done, it's really been nothing more than a media circus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What scares the hell out of me is that if a guy like Pence, who is a politician, gets into power, mm-hmm. you guys have got real problems then. Well, well let's we do. And the, and the, sorry to sidetrack. No, but, it's fine. But, you know, uh, 45, I, I cannot name this person, um, but he is the perfect example of what evangelicals love as far as being the perfect uh, example of authoritarianism. Um, he thinks that just because he decrees something or wants something that it automatically becomes law and he gets frustrated that some of these things have a process. Yeah. But um, you know, with people wanting not him, necessarily. Well, uh, not necessarily everybody. Well, things have to be approved by Congress. He can't just make an executive decision that he's going to change blah 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 and have it necessarily work. And it really infuriates him. But Pence is dangerous because if things are set up as a pseudo dictatorship, 
and he's a true believer in a theocracy, he was perfectly positioned to step right up into that role. Yeah. I would dare and say that makes him thing, very dangerous. Yeah. I, w- I would dare say the only thing like when the Republicans took both houses and the white house, like I, I was worried because there are a lot of things that the Republican slash ultra conservative right want to do. That is a detriment to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that Trump is in charge is probably your guys' saving grace at this point because he is a blathering dunderhead in terms of being a politician. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, he's a marionette. Yeah, but if well, Pence got in there, he, yeah, he, he is. He's, he's, he's a ventriloquist dummy who unfortunately has a voice of his own because, I mean, ever since Reagan, Reagan was really the first, for me, uh, was, was yeah. the first quote-unquote figurehead they put in place. Yeah. But the the genius of whoever put that Trump Pence duo together, because it wasn't Trump's doing. Mm-hmm. It couldn't have been. It wasn't. Um, you know, if Trump fails, well, we have a backup plan. Yeah. But the yeah. backup plan is worse. Yeah, the it's backup plan is a dyed in the wool politician who would know how to get stuff done, especially having control of the other two houses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. He's the and, one to fear. And and also he's he's also blackmail against um you know, if you do something to Trump, well, you're going to have this. He's a safeguard. Yep. Okay. Let me let me go ahead and uh, nix this really quickly at this point because we got a couple of things that we need to get over into. Um, I've said it before. I will continue to say it. Forty-five is chaotic evil. Mm-hmm. Pence is lawful evil. Mm-hmm. Given the choice, I will go after lawful evil any day of the week because there are laws that have to be followed when all is said and done i still believe that he would follow the law even if it's to his he will use every swindly methodology to his advantage there is still when all is said and done the process i believe in the process they're they're trying to change the process so once the process is changed then you know i i understand that but that's an uphill kind of makes the lawful part of it meaningless. Well, but for now, there's you know a, a judicial system that says, "Wait a minute, you can't do this because it's unconstitutional." Right now, as long as we, as long as the laws are still there, we have a hope. As right. long as we're still democratic. Right. Right now, here's. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, we're only democratic in um, as a facade. Only on the on the surface are we democratic. There are, you know what? Um, Can't argue this, with that. It, tonight is not the time to go through a political deep dive. However, the reason I'm bringing this up is because of um, the um, the thing about this that I need to make sure that we're recovering is the religion angle to the medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Um, Bridget, I'm going to ask you a question, then Joey, I've got a different question for you. Okay. Bridget, I know that you, I know that there is no way in hell that you have read all of the DSM current, what is it, DSM 5 currently, I think it is? Yes, it is version 5, yes. Yeah, which is, uh, if memory serves, it's, uh... Uh, Very, very large. It gets larger every revision. 
which which makes perfect sense because we're learning more and more mm-hmm. about the human animal. Right. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, homosexuality was listed in the DSM as an ailment of sorts. Yes, it was. I think as recently as uh, DSM-4. Okay, which would put it at roughly what year? Roughly. Uh, Five came out a couple of years ago, I think. Um, So, I mean, it's been recent. I can do real quick. (laughs) Okay, so I'm assuming somewhere roughly 1990. Roughly. And and they do maintain, you know, that version for, you know, a decade or more. I mean, they do the same thing with the ICD, you know, International Classification of Diseases. Um, that might get updated every 15 years. Okay. So. So, so the question becomes, the idea of using any treatment for something would typically be listed in the DSM. It's a listing of all of the ailments that have been cataloged and theoretically all the treatments that go along with them. I mean, that's what it's basically for, right? Well, it's to help categorize certain things. Uh, Part of it is for insurance reimbursement. Part of it is uh, a description of something to categorize it um, and break it down as far as like whether it's a a psychological problem, if it's a social problem, if it's a somatic problem, you know, if it's, I don't know how else to explain it, Uh, but, but they all have certain criteria that have to be met in order for a diagnosis. And an example of that would be post-traumatic stress disorder. That also got recently updated to where instead of, you know, seeing something vicariously on TV or Twitter that it has to actually have happened to you. That is the new definition. Okay. So, uh, again, defining these various ailments also, I would assume, would define the various expected treatments to go along with them. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, that in mind, to the best of your recollection. And admittedly, you like I said, you would not have read the whole goddamn thing cover to cover. I mean, nobody right. has read the whole damn thing cover to cover, even including those that have contributed to it. Mm-hmm. To the best of your recollection, gay conversion therapy, again, best of your recollection, is or is not listed as a viable treatment in DSM. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. Now, I know full well that there are going to be some people who are going to go, well, no, wait a minute. Didn't we have um, electroshock therapy listed? That would be a yes, I would assume, at some point. But that was for, like, temporal lobe epilepsy. Um, It was used in the infancy for, you know, treating people who were clinically insane, but not for, um, you know, being gay or having gender dysphoria or any of these other problems that were classified as illnesses and aren't really an illness now based on what we know. Okay. Uh, There was also a, uh, an accepted medical practice of uh, basically uh, how can I best uh, word this? 
um, going through the nose and uh, removing pieces of brain. Yeah, lobotomies. This was an accepted medical practice for a while. Mm-hmm. For all sorts of things. Once upon a time, there was also a uh, there was also a diagnosis, though I don't believe at the time DSM existed, for something that had to do with uh, the. I believe the term that was medically used at the time was uh, hysteria. Yes, and it was usually attributed to women because of their uh, female pelvic organs. And if memory serves, uh, it was because of them that we have things called. Um, no, no, wait, don't tell me. Don't tell me it was uh, vibrators. Yeah. That doctors would use on their patients. And induce orgasms, which cured hysteria, which amazing how that works. <laughs> well, these days we just call it stress relief. Yeah. Well, yeah, but Victorians had certain sensibilities, you know. Uh, sense sensibilities. I don't know if I'd call it that, but well, they did. Yeah, but, but potato, potato. You know, mm-hmm. sensibilities. Stupid ways of looking at things, or, or should I say, uh, willfully ignorant ways of looking at things. Well, all right. Let's let's face it. Willfully ignorant. At some point, eventually, sure. But as Bridget had said, in the infancy of treatments for some of these, which date back quite a ways, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there were a lot of times where just didn't realize the implications of what was being done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this actually kind of ties into what we're talking about tonight. Um, the second you say, you know, the Victorian era, you know, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, there was like... Uh, Certain ways to walk, certain ways mm-hmm. to dress, certain ways to eat, certain ways to speak, certain ways to wave your fan, which you kind of needed to do to desperately circulate air because, you know, the thing around the midriff was killing you. Um, mm-hmm. I have to wonder these sensibilities, as, as you say, I wonder how much they actually impeded the ability for physicians to find out what they needed to do in order to treat say a particular illness a lot yeah exactly and so that kind of ties through to religion these days as in you know you can't do that because god says you can't mm-hmm. you know i think about um okay catholic hospitals uh <laughs> well don't, okay now 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 you're gonna boy rd too much ahead sorry because sorry, this sorry. Is, because there's a piece that i need to get to joey hmm? i'm gonna bring up uh a Got to kind of bring up a sore subject, but um, you're the only one in the group that can really attest to this one. If you had been Jehovah's Witness and you were still in that room that made the nurse suddenly scream in terror, suddenly seeing the dead come back to life, what would have been your prognosis because of how much blood you lost? Well, I certainly wouldn't be here discussing it with you now, would I? Please explain to the jury exactly what that would mean. Um, with the amount of... Let me put it this way. Not the amount of blood I had left on my on my person, but the amount of blood that I had left along the uh, 
the various routes that it took to get me to that particular TMC. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd be dead. And why could that possibly be, and why would I be connecting that Jehovah's Witness? Uh, because they don't allow you to uh, partake of blood transfusions, if I remember correctly. Exactly right. Exactly right. I can't believe that I actually had a Jehovah's Witness try to justify that one to me without using uh, God. Yeah. This was a conversation I had years ago. And unfortunately at the time I hadn't clued into why I was having the discussion with them. They, they were trying to get me who they thought was an intellectual at the time to justify their position. And what hmm. they had told, what, no, what they had said was even though places like uh, the red cross or Canadian blood services in, in my context, they screen the blood they scrub the blood. They make sure that there's nothing in there that could harm you, potentially. What they were going after was the 0.001% possibility that you could get a disease. And that is why they don't do blood transfusions. Now, older and wiser that I am now, I realized like I realize now why, why they forbid it. I still don't quite understand it, but yeah, b back then they were like, this was a kid trying to use an apologetic on me. And I actually, damn it. I agreed with them just because yeah, there's always a chance you're going to get something. I mean, shit, look what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, yeah, two day surgery out by the end of the week. Yeah. Right. Um, maybe it's just that they don't want to end up being vampires. The thought. Well, I, I don't know, but like I said, back then they actually tried to justify their stance on it from a medical uh, perspective, saying that there's the possibility that you can contract a disease. And I don't know. I mean, if if I'd been older than oh, I don't know, ten years old at the time, I might have maybe tried to find some statistics on it, you know, tried to be a well, skeptic about it, but they do have, have a point though. If you remember Ryan white, I don't um, know if Shujin remembers him or not. Uh, no, he, the, was, really? he was one of the first, um, kids in school who died from AIDS after a blood transfusion. And they had barred him from school because they were so afraid it was contagious. The earliest one that I remember for that, if if I remember it correctly, was Arthur Ashe. Wasn't it from a, a transfusion for, for him at one point? And uh, so was uh, Paul Michael Glaser from um, Starsky and Hutch. His wife died yeah. from AIDS after a transfusion. So and there's, that and, was a legitimate concern back then. Yeah. And then um, actually a few years ago, there was what we called the tainted blood scandal up in Canada. Mm -hmm. uh, where a lot of the stored blood turned out to be HIV positive. Yep. I remember because, that. Well, because at the time they didn't know how to screen for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You now know. let's, let's be fair about this uh, for a couple of seconds. <clears throat> the, the apologetic that Dallin's talking about is a post hoc rationalization. Mm -hmm. For those of you that don't understand what that means, basically it means we're making up a reason after 
after the fact to justify their exactly i mean we we were right because uh this happened after the fact now the funny part of it is by the way um part of the reason why i'm able to get away with a lot of the stuff that i get away with in in my personal life is because i i'm really good at figuring out the post hocs don't don't tell anybody you you didn't hear that anyway but the problem of it is like dallin was saying you know jehovah's witnesses have had this long-standing thing we don't accept blood why uh because the book said oh uh because there's a chance we might get something uh yeah there 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 is that chance now as with before the AIDS <sighs> epidemic, there's there's no other description for it, really came into the fore 1980. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. The biggest ones that I can remember were like I said, Arthur Ashe. Uh, was was it Michael Jordan? No, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson. Yeah, thank you. I was. Uh, my apologies. I, I forgot who, who it was off the top of my head. I'm sorry. That's okay. <laughs> and the biggest one, and this is this is going to be a problem in in movies very soon. Freddie fucking Mercury. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm I'm not saying anything about the movie other than I found out that that entire part of his end of life is completely non-existent in the movie. Yeah, which I'm pissed for. Which mm-hmm. is all, which is all of the. There, there was something about that though. Um, something I read. Apparently, this was at the request of the band. I, I've, I've heard that, but at the same time, I don't have enough information to really do any yeah. kind of a dive on that one right now. Mm-hmm. But in any case, 1980 was when I can remember this stuff coming to the fore. This would put me at 11 years old, living outside of New York, living on Long Island where the local news was ABC, NBC, CBS, and a couple of independent stations, all based out of New York City. Mm -hmm. So the stuff that would have come across as far as to what was happening in New York, especially for the gay communities, the bathhouses, when suddenly there were all of these people that were coming down sick with grid, if you remember that. I'm sorry. Before it was HIV or AIDS, it was grid. That was gay-related immune disorder, is what it was first called. Ooh, because it, it was started in San Francisco. Yeah, and it was thought to be centered only, and it was thought On to be base. only by a yeah. Mm-hmm. God, I remember Eddie Murphy did a bit on that too um, in his uh, show Delirious. Mm-hmm. Mr. Johnson, you have AIDS. AIDS? I'm not a homosexual. Now, that joke today it be, would be an absolute terrible taste. But when it was originally said, it's exactly what Bridget said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's what was thought of. Um, and uh, there's a couple of things over in the live chat. Um, Trippin had said Nancy Reagan was shamed for holding and hugging HIV babies. Yeah. Yeah. Like that helped out. Uh, also mentioned that a uh, couple of blood banks in China uh, accepting blood and not testing and hundreds got HIV from surgeries. And mm-hmm. 
and Dallin, you, you'd also put over there various people shamed by religious folks for exactly well, this. Well, actually, no, I, I want to know, uh, is that, oh, okay. Yeah. Trip and just answer my question. Um, I wanted to know who was shaming Nancy Reagan and yeah, it's, it's by religious people for, again, AIDS was at that time associated strictly with, uh, the homosexual community. So therefore if she's being shamed for, you know, or, or showing an infected <coughs> child love, which any parent should do, mm-hmm. uh, getting shamed by some religious wackaloon. Oh, well, just, because it was a plague from God to punish their sinful ways. Yep, and that's exactly where I'm going on this one because this was 1980, and as we know, as we've talked about before, especially with uh, with Bobby Carey, this was about the same time as the Satanic Panic. So, mm-hmm. the the religious right, and by right I mean right hand of God, apparently, because very few things that were correct about in a lot of ways, they were the ones who were saying it was specifically a gay male judgment from God. And it got even worse because I remember, I very clearly remember the, the rumor that had circulated about it, that it had started in Africa from some man having sexual relations with an ape or a gorilla or a monkey or a, a primate acquired that. it that way. Mm-hmm. And it spread from there out into the male because it, everybody in the male gay community was having sex with everybody else. And that's how it happened. And it spread fear mongering. And again, was specifically a thing that the religious folks absolutely made incredibly worse. Oh, they probably saw it as the ultimate opportunity to flex their, their muscles and, and, you know, say, see, this is what God does. So come to our church and pay us your money. Mm -hmm. You know, every, every mega church back then probably cranked a batch in their shorts at the thought of getting all these new people in their flock. And again, another post hoc rationalization. See this new medical thing that's happening? This is God at work, which in no way, shape, or form was it, at least as far as evidence is concerned. But at the same time, we had all of these groups who were saying, you are bad people. And that's a good portion of how later, decades later, we have the groups that are saying, well, we can't blame uh, AIDS on you anymore because it's no longer a death sentence. It's now a basically chronic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which can be managed. And reminding you that 1980 until now, 30 years later, 40 years later, thank you medical science for no longer having it be a death sentence. (coughs) You know, I I don't normally say it this way, but my God, how wonderful to know that this could happen. Oh, I I, I know the one trip is talking about. Uh, It's about a few years ago before uh, Obama's second election. 
Uh, some guy was caught in the California airport bathroom. That's the tapper guy. The, the, oh, the foot, the foot tap code guy. Or was that the wide stance one? You know what? It it doesn't matter because eventually it's all of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But in, it, in any case. Yeah. It, it's, it's utterly amazing how these people, these, um, especially religious icons, you know, they, they decry the certain lifestyles. They decry homosexuality as you know, a bad thing and you're, you're a bad person for it. And they are just as guilty of it, of, of having the same uh, proclivities as the people that they're decrying. I mean, this is, but, but yeah. they, and it keeps going. That's the part I don't get. You know, like you have a Catholic priest saying, well, you know, homosexuality is bad. What the hell were you doing with those choir boys, buddy? You're doing exactly the same goddamn thing. So don't don't sit there and preach to me about the evils of homosexuality when you are just you are worse a degenerate than those people. And and those people are not degenerates at all. They're just people trying to live their lives and trying to actually love people, which is a good thing because love is a good thing. And trying Sorry, to be true to yourself yeah, is also the good thing. Sorry, I'm I it's okay. <laughs> After after what I after what I listened to last weekend um, at the conference about some things and just uh, a lot of other things that have just been creeping up, it just honestly, I have I didn't have a lot of respect for Catholics before. I have even less considering what happened uh, just a couple of weeks ago, which was a huge focal point of the conference I went to last weekend. Mm. Well, well, get around to that. Just yeah. a few. You had something that uh, you were going to say. Oh, it's just um, actually repeating myself. You know, once again, we get um, the the situation where it's not the message that the the message itself is not important. It's where it's coming from. So, you know, as long as it's coming from a voice of authority, um, that's all that's important. So do as I say. Sorry. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Do, Do as I say, not as I do. Yeah, but even that is lost on people who are sorry to put it this way, but dumb enough to obey him as long yeah. as he's in a position where he can make pronouncements like that, that that's all that matters. My middle well, fingers aren't big enough to display my outrage at this. Yeah. And, and yeah. we don't, well, we don't, well, it's not so much that people are, are dumb or stupid on this angle. It's like I've said on so many times, programmed. well, mm-hmm. I was going to say people were just taught wrong. Yeah. Well, they're and, not, they're not like that. that by their own choice. I mean, that's the thing, because that's what we we have to remember when we're dealing with theists, is that, you know, ridiculing, ridiculizing, I'm losing my English, Uh, ridiculing, well, but just making fun of them is just, um, it's kind of pointless when you consider that uh, they're, they're, they're not like that by choice. Like, who would be like that by choice? Yeah, I I know that in my case, I ran into a problem with this, um, with my family. Uh, one of my aunts was in hospice a few years ago and nurse up there. You finally get your chance to throw this one in. It's about time. I right? do. Um, and so one of the nurses there apparently had an issue doing her job. Um, you know, the doctor had prescribed morphine every four hours as needed. Um, she was in a lot of pain and 
obviously having a hard time breathing. And so this nurse refused to administer the morphine because it might depress her breathing and have her die. Okay. And, okay. Well, no, wait a minute. Before, before you go past that point, uh-huh. to be fair, there was that concern for my wife also mm-hmm. near the end because the, the pain was so bad, exceptional. Uh, the, I, I will not go into the reasons for it, but mm-hmm. the concern, one of the concerns that they had was the possibility of becoming uh, uh, addicted to morphine, which the, uh, one, not of the, one of the, one, one of the nurses, I, I believe it might've been the head nurse had even gone ahead and said, we, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit because she was mm-hmm. much, much nicer about it. We're probably not going to have, we're not going to have to worry about that because we probably won't end up with that amount of time necessary. Right. Which, you know, unfortunately at the time, but anyway, right. that, that is a real problem. So yeah, that is, but on. this nurse, um, I took her outside and fairly, you know, quietly asked her, why are you not following the doctor's orders? And she said, uh, it's against my religious beliefs. And I was like, whoa, 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 stop the bus. Hold on, back up. And so I told her, if this is against your religious beliefs, either do your job or you find someone who will come up and do their job. And if you have a religious ethical dilemma here working on a hospice floor, you need to go find another area to work in. Yep. Yep. Now, there's a, there's a piece for that that I want to kind of uh, jump along into um, back for you Joe you lost a lot of blood you yep. probably would not be here like you said otherwise had you not gotten some more because well let's face it you were uh, in a bad way is probably the nicest way of putting it right fair enough if you had a doctor and or nurse who, for whatever ethical reason, based on a religion, did not believe in transfusion or giving blood. In, sorry, not transfusion, infusion. That's the right term for it. I have to remind myself every once in a while. Transfusion is trading it out. Infusion is pumping this shit in. Mm-hmm. If, if there was somebody who did not want to do with blood, period, you still would not be here. Yes, thankfully, though, the military does take that into account um, in, in combat situations like that. The, you don't really get to refuse service. Yeah. Um, there's a... Sorry, there was, there was something that came into my head about uh, about all this. I, I'll, I'll save it for a little bit later. Somebody remind me about... Um, dried blood uh remind me about that before you before you clear because i want to tell you about that because yeah. it's it's a really important thing I'll, I'll, trust me it's worth it for later but from the military standpoint <clears throat> the military does have a good point on that because if you are a gi if you're enlisted an officer what have you on active duty you are considered government property so they have that right to do what is necessary I, I, I've said this before, and um, 
I, I it doesn't it, a lot of it doesn't sit with a lot of people very well. But when you sign that second part of your contract when you're at MEPS and you're officially going into the military, um, it's more or less a waiver of your constitutional rights. Mm-hmm. What is what is what is MEPS? Uh, military entry processing processing station. Okay, I, you you said that uh, that I for the life okay. I had no idea what that was. When you're signing up for the military, you yeah. have your Part A contract, which is just you know making an agreement with the military as to what you want to do, what's going to go on as far as uh, your training and whatnot goes. Um, like for example, what MOS you're going to be. Um, and that's what you sign when you're speaking to your recruiter and such. And then you go through the process of, you know, whatever you're going to do before actually going in. For some people, uh, they still have like a year or so of high school left or they want to come in at a higher rank. So they want to complete uh, like uh, p- pass an APFT, Army Physical Fitness Test, uh, get somebody who uh, as a recommendation for uh, signing up alongside them, anything like that. You know, they have a delayed enlistment program. Yes, that's that's what it is. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what it is. Um, but then once you're ready to go, you go to the MEPS, which is not your recruiter station. I mean, you've seen re- military recruiting stations. They're everywhere. Yeah. MEPS are typically in very specific locations. For example, the one here in Pittsburgh is down at the federal building. So there might be, you know, the town surrounding Pittsburgh, there might be, you know, a, a military recruiting station in every town, but only Pittsburgh has a MEP station. So anybody who got recruited in, say, Moon Township would go to Pittsburgh to uh, go to MEPS. And that's when, you know, they do uh, the entry level physical screenings and such like that. You sign your Part B contract, which officially makes you part of the military. And that's also the one that has the uh, little stipulation that, yeah, you're signing up for so many years active, but you're going to serve eight years total. You whether need to that, give up some rights for that. What, whether, whether you be uh, put into the reserves or the inactive readies, whatever. Um, so, yeah, if you, if you read it carefully, it does very much sound like you are waiving your rights as a as a civilian as a citizen of the US. Uh, you are you waiving them entirely? No. Uh, even soldiers have rights, but for example, the idea of free speech, you no longer have that. Right. Uh, criticizing your commander in chief is a huge no-no. Yeah. Going to a protest in your uniform when you're active duty, huge no-no. So now to bring this back into uh, into the scope of where this all plays into, if you have a problem with a medical procedure and you don't want to perform it, it should be based on a scientific principle to be considered for anyone else 
to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, evidence-based medicine. That is the standard. Yeah. Uh, when, you're, when you are a doctor or nurse in the military, be you enlisted or uh, officer, if you're given if you're given a uh, a service member to work on, it's considered a lawful order, which makes perfect sense. Um, even though the uh, the picture is apocryphal, there is a picture that's made the circulations of uh, uh, apparently a, a clansman who got wheeled into an OR, and the entire OR was people who were dark skinned black, brown. Um, like I said, this picture has made the rounds. I know for well that it's apocryphal, but the idea that in a civilian setting, this could be the case. Sure. Perfectly reasonable. Mm-hmm. It could be that it was a, a complete OR of women of color. And that has no bearing whatsoever on the level of care that you should get. Correct. I mean, I mean uh, now, I, I, I liken that to what uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg had said once upon a time ago when somebody had asked her, you know, what she would love to see. And she said, uh, the, uh, the Supreme Court comprised entirely of women. And she defended it by saying, well, we've had Supreme Courts that were made entirely of men. What's the difference? Why can't there be people of color? women, entire groups that are handling whatever, it wouldn't make any kind of a difference. But yet, we end up with the medical side, where we have entire factions. You know what? Screw it. Uh, I'm not even going to pull punches. We have the goddamn Catholic Church who have hospitals not just wings of hospitals, not just churches in hospitals, entire hospitals, and medical insurance groups who are dictating medical choices because they have the money. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where the whole thing uh, comes out. Because I, as an ex-Roman Catholic, I will state unequivocally, and I I sure as hell hope that I pronounce that properly, I cannot stand the idea that any religious organization will use their ideological dogma to dictate the medical responses or medical treatments for anyone based entirely on on their ideologies because that's how you end up with women in where was she ireland mm-hmm. dying of sepsis yeah it was a it was a doctor for whatever reason if you're not sure what i'm referring to it was a young doctor in her 20s early 30s i believe it was who was going to have a, a child and the pregnancy went wrong is the nicest way that I can describe it. And she needed an abortion in Ireland who had outlawed abortion 
and she knew what was happening to her. And she, if I remember correctly, she was disallowed from travel mm-hmm. for that reason. Uh, I mean, she was actually banned from travel for that reason by Ireland. And a fetus that was already dead that would not have done, would not have had any chance of survival was the cause of a viable person ending up dead. She was 14 weeks pregnant, if I remember. And it was dying. And she died for no good goddamn reason. And a number of states here in the U.S. have pushed for earlier and earlier and earlier bans on on abortion for no other reason other than religion, religious belief. Uh, the most recent of which was, I forget which state it was, and it doesn't really much matter, the one where they called it the heartbeat bill. Because as soon as you can register a heartbeat, it's a viable human and must be not terminated except for very specific circumstances, which put it at six weeks. Mm -hmm. Generally speaking, it is um, roughly four weeks between menstruation cycles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes a week can go long, which then means that you're at five weeks. Roughly. They know full well that this one's going to go to the courts. They know full well it's going to go to the courts, and they're going to waste tens of thousands of dollars trying to say, well, this is perfectly viable. Pardon the ex- the the term. But this is one of the problems that we end up with. And I've just realized that I've been talking way too much about this and setting up anybody to take over and I need to just shut the hell up because I'm, I'm getting really annoyed with this whole damn thing. Well, and people associate Washington state as a blue state, at least the Western part of the state, not the Eastern part of the state. And in King County, which is where Seattle is located. um, Seattle is very, very quote unquote blue. And as of a couple of years ago, over 50% of their hospital beds were owned by Catholic hospitals, Catholic uh, medical systems. That number is expected to go up as more acquisitions happen. They were predicting that 90% of the beds in Seattle would be run by Catholic uh, systems. So now, that would practically outlaw all abortion in Seattle. Actually, in King County, which uh-huh. is one of the most populous counties in Washington State. Well, that sounds a lot like what uh, what Pence tried to do in Indiana. Like, yes, abortion is illegal, you know, Roe v. Wade and all that stuff. But they can make it so that it is so difficult for someone to get one that mm-hmm. it may as well be illegal. Mm-hmm. That's what and Mississippi that's just it. did. They're, they're gaming the system. In such a way. And, you know, it, it's funny, Shishin, you were talking about um, 
medical treatments based on religious practice. And it reminded me of something that I learned in a history class years ago. And I've talked about this before and I went and found the source of it. Um, it was a story of a, uh, a Muslim doctor. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Let's see. Um, yeah. A Muslim prince had sent a doctor to a Frankish neighbor. So I guess uh, in French, um, Let's see. The, the, the quote is, they brought before me, he said, a knight whose leg in abscess had grown and a woman inflicted with imbecility. Now, the way I remember these two is that, yeah, the, the knight had an abscess in his leg and the woman um, was very sick. Th this is what my history teacher taught me on the, or history professor, I should say. This is university taught me. Um, so this Muslim doctor he applied a poultice to the abscess. Like basically he lanced the boil, drained it and everything was fine. He packed it with clay to draw the crap out as medieval medicine would. Okay. Okay. Um, to the woman, he determined that she had an allergy to garlic, which he'd been eating a lot of. So changed her diet a little bit as anyone with a food allergy should. Mm. And she was fine. Well, then a Christian doctor came in. And, um, claim that, uh, this Muslim guy knew nothing about how to do medicine, uh, because boils were considered a plague and therefore considered of the devil, um, vis-a-vis -vis Exodus. Um, he asked the knight, wouldst thou prefer to die on two legs or live on one? Well, the knight obviously said, well, I'll live with one, you know, because obviously now my leg must be cursed. So they brought in a guy with, uh, with an ax to do the amputation. Cause they didn't really have the, um, the, the nice way of doing it that they do these days. Although I'm not entirely sure what's considered a nice way these days, but I, I guess they put you under at least these days. At least. Yeah. Use the local anesthetic at least. Yeah. And then uh, cauterize it after they. Yeah. Like, look, my, my, my dad lost his, like, I didn't exactly want to go into details with him, you know, just mm -hmm. yeah. fair enough. I didn't, I didn't want to broach that subject with him. Um, so this guy uh, swung the axe. Um, let's see. Yeah, he hit it once, and uh, it didn't cut all the way through. So we hit it again. Cracked the bone, the marrow fell out, and the boy died. Now to the woman, uh, apparently she had been possessed by a demon, which was why she was acting with quote unquote imbecility. So instead of, um, yeah, let's see. Yeah. So they shaved her head as, as per the, this so-called doctor and she was allowed to eat her usual food again. So she went back on garlic and started getting worse. So the physician said, oh, she must be possessed by a devil. Um, so therefore he took a razor, made a deep cruciform incision on her head, peeled off the skin at the middle of the incision until the bone of the skull was exposed and rubbed it with salt. The woman died. Imagine that. Yeah. Now. Keep in mind, I, I say this is a Muslim doctor and we are talking, th this is medieval times. Mm -hmm. um, this is back when the roles were largely reversed. 
um, where the Middle Eastern world, the, the Muslim world was known for things like chemistry, mathematics, science, astronomy, language. Yes. There is, there, there is a reason why the Muslim world at one time was considered the epitome of the storehouse of scientific knowledge of humanity. And right up until, um, let's see, I think it was 1100 where they're sort of, um, the, the religious Renaissance, if you will, not, not a, not a Renaissance in a good way, but that's where they started saying that this is Haram. This is not, um, this is not of Islam. And then things kind of started going downhill after that. Um, Let's see. Just trying to second talk. Yeah, why why are you looking that up? Uh, by the way, Stephanie, would you let me know uh, which doctor you're referring to? Yeah, Stephanie's it, saying, Stephanie saying uh, he was actually the most respected Muslim doctor in the world, and his book was textbook that was used for a long time. Uh, if, if just let us know. Who yeah, that was. if this is the same guy that I'm talking about, I am very curious about this too. Uh, um, I didn't see a name in this case, but it, it just goes to show. Um, and this one stuck with me for years about, um, you know, religion getting in the way of medical science. It's like, (sighs) there are no demons. There are no evil spirits. There are no devils. None of that. They don't exist. And and the fact that people are still able to do it today, the, the fact that you've got faith healers, out there, the fact that you've got people saying, my Holy Spirit water. <laughs> and I'll tell you, that guy and people like him sometimes make me wonder why we do this. Because these guys have been beaten down, discredited, dissed, and dismissed. Like These guys are like the, they're the top two of, you know, Aaron Ra's Pratt list. If, if you have any idea what I'm talking about. Um, but they're still here. Well, there's the the take. Not only that, it's dangerous. Um, telling somebody that their blood pressure, you know, is suddenly going to be back to normal. They, you know, throw away your pills and have some faith that can kill you. Yeah. You know what? I went off my blood pressure pills for a week. You know what happened? Or actually, no, I went off them for about two months. You know what happened? I damn near had a stroke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you, you would, pointed out that uh, this upcoming Tuesday, there's going to be somebody on Dr. Phil's show. Yes. Now say what you will about Phil McGraw. At least this time, I think he did something right. And I've talked about this lady a few times, Jillian Epperly, Jilly's juice. I've mentioned this before. Uh, This is the lady that claims that her mixture of fermented cabbage and salt water which makes you waterfall, i.e. heavy projectile diarrhea, can regenerate organs, regrow limbs, cure cancer, because cancer is nothing more than a fungus called candida. Yeah. And I mentioned a YouTuber by the name of Jeff Holiday who did a three-part series on her because her magic formula has killed two people that I know of. Uh, one of whom drank it as a last ditch effort because it turns out he was a terminal cancer patient 
and figured he had nothing to lose. Yeah. Um, and then while, while he did, while that is true, his last weeks from drinking that stuff, he lived in agony. According to his wife. Yeah. Uh, I will find the, uh, I will find the pre the, uh, the teaser for that yeah. because it was on YouTube. Uh, I think you linked me to it. I did. I did. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll refine that and I will yeah. put it in the show notes for, uh, and I'll make sure that it's also linked over on the Facebook page for us, which yeah. gives you an excuse to check but, that out. Some, but some needless time. to say, um, so somebody got wind, uh, or somebody in Hollywood got wind of Jeff's expose on this uh, person and invited him down to, to Hollywood to be on the Dr. Phil show so that he could face to face with this murdering bitch. Um, funny, I'm getting cable in my house for the first time in about eight years, uh, as of tomorrow it means I'll actually be able to catch this. And, uh, from what I saw in the teaser, it looks like he actually did manage to get in her face about this. So, but the thing that bothers me is people like Jeff, people like James Randi, all of us who have constantly debunked, contested, proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that a lot of this stuff is exactly what we know it to be, which is bullshit. It's still there. And that bothers me. And like, like Bridget said, Catholic hospitals are now going to be 90% of the beds in Seattle, which is supposed to be, I would, I would have thought one of the more um, rational places around. Definitely you know, a lot more liberal. It, well, I, I guess that, I guess that what that goes to show is that, uh, Religion doesn't give a damn what side of the fence you're on. Right. It gets in there no matter what. I disagree. And here's a piece that's going to be really, really freaking annoying because I still want to get, uh, I still want to get both Joe's in mm-hmm. uh, for, for a, a piece of this all. Um, and really quickly, Bridget, only because this falls into your wheel, into your wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. I think a lot more of it has got to do with money. Um, it depends. If you're talking about people in Congress, yes, it's all about greed, um, corporations, capitalism, uh, capitalism inherently hurts, you know, the poor, you know, poorest people in a population. But the other side of that though, is, you know, what Pence did as far as abortion bills go in requiring doctors to lie to their patients and, you know, threatening to have their licenses pulled if they did not. And so if they knew that a fetus was, you know, had severe birth defects and they thought that that would cause a woman to seek an abortion, they had to lie to her and act like everything was normal. Which to put it mildly is unethical in the extreme. Yes. Now, where I was going with the with the money part is uh, Catholic health services of various names or whatever you want to call it. They typically have the backing. I, I would assume I can't the church. Okay, I would assume. I don't know that one for absolute, and I can't quote anything. But I would assume simply because 
that would mean that they would have a storehouse of a lot of money where they could run at a deficit, which a lot of hospitals do, unfortunately, especially mm-hmm. county hospitals. And they have a storehouse of a lot of money behind them, so they can then scoop up and buy whatever they want because they have effectively unlimited funds. And, well, then they mm-hmm. can dictate health services however the hell they want at that point. And that's what they're doing. We're even seeing some of the smaller Catholic systems merge. Because that's the capitalist system. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe and Joe, I want to get you guys in here, uh, especially a lot more because, well, we we're coming on the last bit of it all. So here's here's kind of where I think that you guys would benefit most of most of getting through here at this point. The biggest problem that we end up with, as Dan was talking about, with these people who have got these miracle cures, these these health shakes. And I will admit, Fuji and I did ask one of the nurses at one point because it was asked, you know, the idea of having specifically pomegranate juice to help with cancer to try to alleviate. And we were told, you know, by the, by the nurse, who was a wonderful nurse, by the way. No, this is this this is this is crap. This stuff doesn't work. Where I want to end up going with you guys to kind of get us through the end of it all is the last ditch efforts, the the hope against hope, the fight against the very last vestiges of an unwinnable fight. You know that is that is the the hardest part to have to deal with because you've got to deal with somebody who is hoping that they will be able to get through something that is an unwinnable fight. Um, and Joseph, I want to, I want to give you the first chance on this one because you of all of us have railed on many an occasion about trying to get through whatever programming that people have had that we know for well is just not going to serve you. Well, there's something absent from all of these discussions is, um, an actual understanding of what cancer is. And I find that's important to everything to do with it. I mean, even with closure, Um, because, you know, cancer is basically a cell, a, a defective cell reproducing itself to infinity. Um, And it's, it's, and and that's basically it. You know, it has different, uh, the, the form of the defect may be different from case to case and the location of it may be different, but it's essentially the same thing. And, you know, when a doctor's telling you that uh, no recovery is possible, like we can't stop this. Um, I think the understanding that you've got somebody whose body is actually destroying itself um, is important too um, for the doctor's role in it, uh, for the illness's role. Um, we need to be a better, better educated about this. And, and, and that in itself is going to leave less opening 
for these false hopes and these false cures and all this shit that people try to sell victims of the illness. Joe, um, I mean, we, we, we know for well that um, a lot more of your knowledge is in military history and, and, you know, knowing tactics and whatnot, but you put it into the terms of having to deal with an unwinnable battle that you can't get away from because you're too heavily invested. Um, it's, it's not too different than dealing with, you know, end of life medical. Well, you're right. It's a Kobayashi Maru, whichever way you look at it. Thank you. Thank you ever so much for that one. I, I don't know if I should be ready to hurt you or, or be grateful for that one. But, uh, well, at least in the Kobayashi Maru, the, there was a possibility of cheating. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's only just, that's only good once. As far as uh, I'm trying to think of a nice, proper, you know, intellectual term for all oh, this, but God, we're we're at the end of the damn show. Plain and simple. As far as the quacks go, close enough. All I can say is, isn't there something better you could be doing with your time? Yeah, they don't care about time. They only care about money. And I mean, for, people at disadvantage example. are low-hanging fruit. People willing to spend everything they have for a last hope. Well, Quacks and- like this are just like, uh, yeah, um, it, it's amazing we don't have laws about against shit like that why humanity can't get together and decide what the things like this are well, bad for all of us in well, general? In, in, okay, in a way there is. You could stretch practicing medicine without a license. You could. There are, uh, there, there is a place somewhere in the nearby Buffalo suburbs that had been there for years. I don't know if it still is, but it was someone who was doing uh, psychic readings. Um, I don't remember if it was tarot, astrology, whatever the hell it was, but on the sign on the front lawn, it did actually say for entertainment only. And that's the caveat. That's the catch all. That's the, I'm just doing this because this is fun and you shouldn't take medical advice from a podcast or whatever the hell it is. But people don't, pay attention to that. They just see what they want. They want to believe in magic. That 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 disclaimer is a, a recent it's bullshit. happening. That, yeah, but the, the disclaimer only, it's only recent. Um, like before the 1980s, um, people would freely um, there wouldn't, that, that, that disclaimer didn't exist until the late 1980s. 
Yeah. When people started saying, look, uh, you you got all this money from me. I've got it documented. You promised me this. And I'm now going to sue you because this is fraud. And rightly so. But if you've got that little disclaimer, you can't be sued for fraud because you, you came into this knowing that this was just for fun. Which was all well and good up until uh, Ms. Cleo, who... To be fair, she was an actress, and it was a brand, so whatever. That's the problem, though, isn't it? People want to believe in magic. They want to believe in the miracle. Well, and not only that, but in this country, uh, religious freedom is so tantamount to everything else that you know, parents who refuse to treat their children for things that can be taken care of with medicine or let off the hook when their child dies. Um, and as I've said before, when you're, when you're down, like really down, um, when your life basically is collapsing in on you because of, you don't have a job or you can't afford a certain kind of medical treatment. And I've, I've even talked to other people about this. You know, you, you can't afford the real thing, but then someone offers you that tiny little sliver of hope. False as it is, fake as it is, you're still going to jump for it because it's... What have you got to lose? Exactly. You know, I, I fell into that trap years ago. I still have the books that I, that while I was moving, I looked, should I trash these? No, because one of these days I actually do want to read them so that I can have a good laugh. But... At the time, those were the books that were going to pull me out of wherever I was and save me, you know, which is, and it's the same thing with, you know, why people go looking for these miracle cures because they want, they, they think there's got to be a, a better way, a, a less expensive way. Um, the, the doctor we had on uh, a few weeks ago, the, the psychologist. Um, damn, I can't remember his name. Richard Schloss. Thank you. I'm so, um, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It, it, doctor, if you, if you ever hear this later, I'm sorry. The The first name that was coming to my mind was Dr. Vinny Gumbatz. Sorry. <laughs> I, I don't want to know. Rod, Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, um, it was like what he said, you know, um, their, people's insurance won't cover it. The, the money just isn't there. So then you go to the pseudoscience stuff because it's cheaper and it's, it claims to offer the same thing. You know, it, it's, there, there's a market for this crap because, because of the money. And unfortunately, until you get a decent healthcare system and, and even up here, you know, I mean, I, I had to, there was stuff that I had to pay for that I would have died otherwise, or would have been stuck in hospital for another three months until I'd been cured. Um, you know, yeah. If, if they told me that there was a cheaper way, I would have taken it. It's horribly complex because, um, you've also got the, 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 the high cost, the often, um, unjustifiable high cost of, of care that's also giving these guys a market. Mm-hmm. 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 And as far as to uh, how, how much of a difference is there 
uh, monetarily in the U.S. Something that I was actually discussing with some folks earlier today. Five, um, I forget exactly what they're called, but you you can now get insulin syringes that have um, replaceable tips, and you can set it for how much it's supposed to be delivered. Pull back, the, uh, set set uh, an automated plunger for cats, because there's the context. A five pack of these here in the U.S. six hundred dollars with with a script across the border into Canada, over the counter, exact same product for roughly a hundred hundred and ten. Canadian, which after the conversion comes out to roughly $85 US, roughly. Exact same product. Now, I'm putting that into place because price-wise, medicine is very expensive in a lot of ways here. And because of that, if somebody says, I can save your life for not the $20,000 that it's going to cost you over this week for a couple hundred dollars. And then you'll be right as rain. You can see why that's appealing. Yep. Especially if somebody wants to say, look, this is something that big name research house isn't going to tell you about because, well, they would be out of business and then feeding into the fear and the uncertainty, yeah, and the doubt. And I was I was reading something somewhere about the whole. Basically, the, the comment section was filled with nothing but big pharma. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. This is stuff that's been debunked so many times, but people just keep on pushing it, and people just keep on eating it up. And I don't know. I. I between between fear mongering, religion, and all the other things that are just continuously duping people into making extremely stupid choices. What is big pharma? It, it's the conspiracy that yeah the, the the big conspiracy that there's no profit in a cure. They're saying that uh, large pharmaceutical companies already have the cure for cancer everything. And, and everything else, but they're holding it back. Because it's easier to milk people for millions of dollars uh, on treatment because if they get the cure, well, then they don't need the medicine anymore. Yeah, once again, it's there's a grain of truth in all that, um, especially where research is concerned. I mean, uh, pharmaceutical co- certain pharma- certain pharmaceutical companies are not directing their research to um, non profitable quote unquote areas, but yeah, you know. But we to had, say that uh, they already have the cure, no, that's yeah. That's, well, we we had uh, Andrew Torres on here a while ago to talk about that, and I think it was Andrew Torres. Yeah, and and he had said that like if if this conspiracy was was there, it would have to touch so many people over so many years. It's like logistically impossible to pull off. Mm-hmm. It's it's like everything in the economy. It's not a conspiracy. It's individual choices, and. Mm, yeah, it can come down to greed or whatever, whatever, you know, everybody's concerned about their own personal comfort. 
Um, but it's the market that allows this. I mean, um, high prices wouldn't exist if people couldn't pay them, if somebody wasn't paying them. Yeah, they're charging what the market will bear. And as long as you have very wealthy people um, that can pay whatever amount of money, there's no incentive to lower the prices. Well, I'd, I'd, I'd like to meet the person who was, who was able to pay for, um, you know, uh, a weekly uninsured hit of daptomycin at full price and uh, steal his wallet. Uh, go check with the people, you know, the heirs of Sam Walton. They could do it. Hmm. CEO of Apple, he could do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and just so you guys and know, that's the uh, that's the antibiotic I was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, even with copay, I was still paying close to $2,000 a week. Uh, my credit and, and cards are going to be screaming for years for me to pay mm-hmm. this off. Mm-hmm. And that's the, the that's the same thing at work there. It's it's just a question of convenience. I mean, if you go to the politicians, well, they're going to go to the like the 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 pharmaceutical the companies. They're going to take the most they can from the fewest amount of people. The politicians are going to do the same thing. Um, that's how it works. And there's no safeguard against that and there's no thought behind it. And um, yeah. it's a stage that, um, you know, people are taking advantage of uh, a situation. Well, and it doesn't help that we have one person running for governor. I forget which state who is saying or said on Facebook that um, people should not have to pay for other people in society that are elderly and can't support themselves and things like that, that they ought to be left to die. And then he came back and said, well, that's not really what I meant, but we shouldn't have to support them either. Yeah. There's, there's a whole, there's a whole different thing. And that's, that's, that's definitely going to be a topic for another show. But uh, for right now, we're getting pretty close on on yeah. closing out. Um, Dallin and uh, Bridget, I've I've had a lot more time with you than I have with either of the Joes. So, uh, sorry, Joe. No, that's that's as I kind of kind of as I expected. I was expecting I was going to be jumping over for you, especially. So, um, Joseph, uh, before we go ahead and uh, close up shop, uh, was there anything that you wanted to specifically drop in that? You know, last item before we get ahead and close up. Even after two years, I'm still not sure who's Joe and who's Joseph. You're and Joseph. Are we becoming the new Heckle and Jekyll? <laughs> I'm not even. No, you're Joseph. He's Joe or Joey. Okay. All right. I hated being called Joey when I was a kid. No, nothing really to close with. Um, yeah. Um, That's okay. Yeah, I, I know. Once again, uh, what I what I what I said during the show requires a lot of unpackaging, but uh, that I didn't do. But uh, maybe one day we'll have time for that. Yeah, I got thirty six hours next week. We'll see what happens, Joey. Um, like I said, anything that you wanted to drop in at this point that you otherwise hadn't. Um, to be perfectly honest, I think I covered everything that, you know, I had in relation to what we're actually doing. Okay. Okay. Um, 
I will say that, you know, translation of Japanese to English, uh, well, Japanese from, let's see, roughly 40, about 40 years ago, uh, is difficult. Okay. Nihongo. Yes, that's 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 Japanese in, in Japanese. Oh, I don't know any further than that. So <laughs> okay, okay um, my expertise with Japanese is limited is limited to sushi. <laughs> There's yeah, nothing nothing wrong with that. If you can send me that, Joey. Maybe I can Watching. see. What I can oh do no! That. I already. I already I'll, for years. I still can't figure it out. I already. Uh, I already finished. It just took fucking forever. Okay. All right. Good enough. And um, just just on the off chance, uh, Bridget or Dallin, was this something that you, you think really needs to be dropped in at this point? Uh. Abortion does not cause breast cancer. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice and simple. Vaccines do not cause autism. Salt water is a great laxative, but that's about it. Good enough. All right. So let me, let me go ahead and, and drop for you guys, because I actually remembered dried blood. Now, this, unfortunately, it doesn't exactly completely die, tie in for the, the topic, but you can, you can see where it could have. Because there are certain groups who are squeamish about blood, but here's the thing. And this is one of those things that Bridget might might remember I've, I've mentioned about before, but it isn't me. Amongst the various people that I know and have had the opportunity of meeting at various times at, specifically at Anthrocon. And yes, I'm talking about those freaky furry artist type people. There is one artist that I know. Brilliant person. And I can say that without a doubt. Got the opportunity of talking with him, chatting him up, having a good time, but got to find out a little bit more about what he does outside of drawing art and such and having a wicked sense of humor. He works in biotech. He and his crew, years ago at this point, I forget how long it's been. It's got to be easy five years now, did what was otherwise considered an impossibility. They were able to make, I don't know how dried, but dried platelets. Now, Really quickly, uh, only because, Bridget, only because I think that you would know best, uh, platelets can be spun out of blood, typically would have a refrigerated shelf life of roughly how long? Roughly. I don't know. Okay. I never worked in phlebotomy. I don't know. That's not a bad word, people. Look it up. It's pH. (laughs) Anyway. Um, I could Google it. That'd be, that'd be cool. But basically they, they were working on an idea of freeze dried platelets, which would have effectively a, 
a shelf life of who only knows where you could actually keep it unrefrigerated on the medical person's body in a backpack in a pouch doesn't matter and when you would need it you would simply flood it into the the fluids going into the body and just push it hard and they'd just be ready to go why is this a big deal well if you have somebody who is in the military as joe would know Mm. who is suddenly well ventilated shall we say and bridget found it 42 days refrigerated refrigerated in a liquid state if you had stuff that was just ready to go at a moment's notice and could be pushed into an otherwise dying military person's body you would have a far better way of saving them they tested this out on animals dogs and it was a remarkable remarkable ability to save animals five times the survival rate where otherwise they could have bled out in an emergency situation in a human body that translates to people who come home maybe hurt but they come home and this was something that his his group was basically told you're not going to be able to do this this is this can't be done they did it they did the impossible because they studied and they learned and they were not set back by somebody who poo-pooed the idea for whatever reason and their reasoning was based on decent scientific knowledge but not complete and they found a way to do it when you're dealing with superstition you can just make people die because you refuse to listen to new facts and new experimentation and new learning you don't end up chopping off somebody's leg or lancing open their head you save lives it's all a matter of tossing superstition and paying attention to one of the greatest innovations humanity has ever known the printed word documentation and learning from it please try to remember that's how we're able to live that's how we're able to treat and most importantly that's how we're able to have families not be ripped apart by treatable diseases as always everybody thank you very much for being with us again for this show we hope that you found something worthwhile all of our perspectives and found something to really think about there's something that um came up over in the live chat with everybody and yeah uh this is one of those times i'm gonna agree with 
what was basically said, where people were basically like, um, wow, we're, we're, we're done. This went by really fast. And yeah, that means that we had a lot of fun and we were really engaged in what we were doing. So thank you all for being with us tonight. As always, I want to thank everybody for being with the panel tonight. I really do appreciate it. So Joseph, of course, as always, thank you for your time. You have yourself a good morning. And you too, sir. Had to find that mute button over there, did you? <laughs> I, I seem to be on a delay. Um, since That's okay. A few weeks. Well, we got. It, it's really hard to push all those electrons out across the floor of the ocean. You know, it's what happens. <laughs> yeah, it may have something to do with my computer too. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah let's go with that. It's, it's getting tired. I can't say something, but you have yourself a good morning, man. You too. Okay. Take care, Joey. Thank you very much for your time. You uh, you try to stay cool this morning and have a good sleep, huh? Actually, I uh, <laughs> I passed out late in the afternoon and didn't wake up till just before the show. So, um, I don't know. Okay, well, one way or the other, try to have a good Sunday. Nah, can't guarantee that. Don't expect a guarantee. I just expect a thank you for the sentiment. You could at least be that much, you bastard. <laughs> Fine. You get what you pay for. Yeah, about that. Yeah, I'll deal with that later. Bridget, thank you for your time. You have yourself a good morning. Thank you. And I'm sorry if I talked too much, but that makes up for all the times when I have nothing to contribute. <laughs> No, I, I, when we're dealing with medical stuff, you know full well, I'm going to be hitting you up as much as I possibly can. Partly because it's fun to have you go, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, if you want to uh, go check out my musings on my blog that I haven't updated in way too long and I need to do that. Uh, you can find it at bridgetfitch2112.wordpress.com or you can find me on Facebook as Bridget Fitch. Appreciate it. And of course, Dallin, good to have you back. Glad you had yourself a great time. Yeah, it was fun. Uh, I learned a lot. Um, I actually did get a bit of an education on a few things, which was great. Um, as for myself, of course, the uh, much maligned and in dire need of being caught up uh, audio podcast version of this show uh, over at holycrapthevlogcast.com. I'll be working on getting that caught up this weekend. Um, I know she's a few episodes down. Uh, and like Bridget, I do also my own blog, which I have not touched in a long time. The last time I did, I was three sheets to the wind, and what I had typed was so filled of senseless anger and random grammar problems that uh, I just ended up deleting it. Um, it. It's pretty bad. I was so drunk. I just had this big head of steam. I started typing, rah, rah, rah. I'm tired. <laughs> I, just, I got up the next morning, looked at it like, what the hell was I drinking? Of course, and I remembered, of course, the bottle was sitting right here, but uh, yeah, I, I need to be a little more tactful in that respect for that. But um yeah, uh, for those kind of musings, you can catch me over at inthewind.yo5.ca. And yeah, I wouldn't ramble too much tonight again. Yeah. 
not trust me if uh, if if anybody was i would i would find a way of telling you because you know the wherever it is on your screen whatever the, it's over there yeah <laughs> or he would just mute our asses i could but i wouldn't do that <laughs> Actually, no, I, I would, but it's very rare. Yeah, we have we have we have our own little text messaging system that we can do while we're doing the thing. So if there's something, yeah, we can we can make sure that everything works. Anyway, um, of course, if you would like to check up on uh, Heretic Woman, she should be running her show Monday. I think I don't know for certain, but if you want to find out about that, that is over at. Uh, beyondthetrailerpark.com. You can find that over on Facebook as well at uh, AOABTTP. I don't know why she did it that way. I know exactly why she did it, whatever the hell. And uh, you can, of course, find her other show, Full Coronic, at fullcoronic.com. Uh, also on Twitter and Patreon and all that happy horseshit. All the, all, the, all the links you need are over in the show notes anyway, so don't worry about it. Um. If you uh, would like any of our social links and uh, email contacts and all that, that of course over at holycraptheblogcast.com and the voicemail line for that is 859-HCTV-554 859-428-554 I don't mention it often enough but of course, yes, we do have a, a thing over on Patreon if you'd like to drop a couple of dollars, patreon.com slash HCTV I will not be here next week um, I don't know who is or is not going to be running the show. We will give you a little bit more information a little further on the week. Um, Dallin does have the information or should still have the information on how to run the show as, as should heretic woman, but, uh, it worse comes to worse. We'll see what happens. We'll talk it. Fair enough. As I mentioned, I will be running a 36 hour radio stream marathon next weekend it technically is 36 hours for the fundraiser i will effectively be running 40 hours of radio streaming time i will have the word out over on the website out through twitter and various other ways so that if anybody would like to help and be part of the fundraising team for the roswell park cancer institute uh, i will be more than happy to add your money and your funds to the team. I've been running this team since the year that my wife passed. She did not get to see our first run and she hated the name of the team, but the name stuck. So if you would like to be part of that, that will be for rideforroswell.org. And the name of the team is end of cycle for sarcoma because I wanted to do a play on the bicycle and sarcoma, which is the type of cancer. It just worked. If you'd like to help out, we'd appreciate it. If you'd like to be a virtual writer, especially very much appreciate that even more. You don't have to come out to Buffalo. You don't have to go out on a bike yourself. You just kind of become part of the team. And I would very much love for that to be the case. I'll have you guys much more information about it as uh, time goes on. But regardless, if you have a Wi-Fi connection, if you have a network connection, you'll be able to listen in and request music. And we'll see what comes up from that. 
no matter what, thank you guys. Regardless, I will see you in the two weeks. Until the next time we get together, everyone, please, of course, stay safe. I will see you then. Have a good Memorial Day weekend, because I ain't going to see you otherwise. Until then, as always, I wish you the peace I no longer have. I wish you the strength that I've learned. I wish you well. Till the next time. Not today, Virgin. 13 years I am still in love, and yes, I will be bringing dinner to the nurse's station as always. I love you. I miss you. You dream of me. Till the next time we get together, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to Holy Crap, the Vlogcast. Feel free to leave a comment on the show's website at holycrapthevlogcast.com, where you'll also find links to our Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Google Plus pages. Theme music provided by Kevin McLeod at incompetech.com. On behalf of all of us here, thank you for listening. <laughs>